When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the LGBTQIA Storytelling Night I host and program in Sydney and Melbourne. This story was recorded at Giant Dwarf as part of my monthly Sydney event. Next up, Zoe Coombs-Ma is a performer, writer, artist and comedian. She grew up in Grafton where she and her best friend staged a musical instead of going to schoolies week, so she's a woman after my own heart. Zoe has performed all over Australia, the UK and in New York. Her solo show Trigger Warning won the 2016 Melbourne International Comedy Barry Award as well as the Golden Gibbo and two Green Room Awards. It was also nominated for Best Show at the 2016 Edinburgh Fringe Festival and the 2017 Victorian Premier's Literary Award for Drama. You can see her in the theatrical masterpiece that is Wild Boar, and she's also touring her new show Bossy Bottom at the moment. With a title like that, it sounds like a love of musical theatre isn't all we have in common. Last month, I got recognised at the dentist. (laughs) We were midway through a clean, and uh, the dentist had his hands in my mouth... And he suddenly went, oh, you're a comedian. (laughs) This is unusual because I rarely get recognised and never get recognised by someone with their hands in my mouth. (laughs) I I said, yeah, I am. But my parents actually tell people I'm a dentist. (laughs) And then I laughed and laughed and laughed because I was pretty high on gas. (laughs) Now... My parents do tell people that I'm a dentist and this is mainly because they think it's funny but also because it was their genuine advice for me uh, to have a backup. It was either dentistry or welding. (laughs) This was advice that I did not take. Now, everyone gets career advice from their parents but because I'm a comedian and not a dentist, now the advice is about jokes that I should use. So uh, (laughs) it's just an endless stream of, you should use that, you should use that, Zoe. Put that in one of your shows. You should put that on stage. That's quite funny. (laughs) Uh, It's not. It never is. There's comedy here. There is comedy here. Oh, yes, there's comedy here. Uh, That's actually how my mum sounds. She's sort of a bit like the magpie from Blinky Bill. (laughs) You should use that, Zoe. You should use that. No, Mrs. Magpie, there is not. (laughs) Um, There's no comedy here. But sometimes when they say uh, you should use that, I imagine actually using it and it's a literal nightmare. (laughs) So that's what I'm going to do right now. (laughs) So, guys, um, over Christmas... uh, (laughs) Molly, uh, the youngest... So we're in the... It was quite hot, right? And... um, Molly, uh, Molly goes, does anyone want an ice cream? And I didn't, because uh, I've recently gone vegan, but that's another story. But um, Dad says, uh, oh, I'll have one. And Molly says, do you want the waffle cone or do you want the other, other cone? And um, you guys are going to love this. And, uh, 
then Molly, um, Molly goes, okay, uh, waffle cone. Well, Dad, Dad wants the waffle cone. I don't know if I said that, but Dad wants the waffle cone. And then Mo- Molly's in the kitchen. She um, gets out the packet, pulls out the waffle cone. And she goes, oh, they're a bit soft. And <laughs> Dad goes, no, nah, it'll be right. And then uh, Molly, so we all, uh, then Molly goes, are you sure? We all look over at Molly. So Molly's in, so the kitchen's here. <laughs> We're outside. We look over. Molly's there. She gets the waffle cone, holds it up. Oh, look at Molly. And she just unravels the whole thing. Like, it just comes apart. It's so soft. <laughs> and then, um, I'm so, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm using it. Uh, <laughs> and Molly goes, uh, Dad then says, sees the waffle cone and he goes, wait for it. <laughs> he goes, oh, I better have the other one. I know. Fucking comedy gold. And <laughs> and so I was doing this essentially for my dad and, uh, well, for my whole family. But I was, um, I was kind of going, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll use that. I'll put that on stage. And look, I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll use it. But I was making fun of him. I was like, oh, all right, okay. Oh, oh you know best. <laughs> but, you, but you know, in all seriousness, you know what you should use? The nativity. No, I'm not going to use that. Um, but anyway, you know, there was, there was, there was a time when I, I did think that my dad was a comic genius. Uh, on my first day of school, for instance, an older kid uh, looked me in the eye and, and uh, said, kindergarten baby, stick your head in gravy. <laughs> now, this was only the beginning of a stream of much worse bullying to come. But uh, as it was the first time, I was crushed. Uh, I was inconsolable. And at home time, I recounted the story to my parents, just kind of go, she uh, called me again. You get the idea. (laughs) Eventually, I got to gravy. (laughs) And Dad looked at me, blinked, and then started to laugh. He said, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And uh, he did have a point. It is pretty dumb. Uh, And he repeated it and I started to laugh too. And then we ended up singing it together and laughing and laughing and laughing. Look, it's not hilarious. I'm not going to write it into my next hour of comedy. But (laughs) it did work. The spell was broken. The child was happy. Peace was restored. And I was set up for a lifetime of bullying. Because this was the first time that I had seen that special alchemy that laughter can have over a bleak situation. I saw its power and a little voice inside of me said, you should use that. (laughs) And I have ever since. Now, I'm not sure if Dad knew exactly how much I would need that particular superpower, but oh my God, I did. I was a weird lesbian child with comedy arms and a... Which is this. Uh... (laughs) Comedy arms and a boy's haircut in a rural town and I stuck out like a fucking sore thumb, which I also frequently had due to my childhood hobby hobby of carpentry. (laughs) True to stereotype, this little dyke wasn't just in the closet, she was installing shelves in there. (laughs) 
We used to sell stuff at the markets and everything. <laughs> now, now, when I came out, I was about 16 and my folks were great. My dad took a little bit longer than my mum to come around to it. He just thought that I was too young. He thought that I was... He didn't want me to lock anything in, you know. He didn't sort of want me signing any paperwork too early. <laughs> my membership to Club Les. But... And he said... I'll never forget it. He said, um, oh, look, Zoe, you, you, um, look, we love you. Uh, you just, uh, you don't want to paint yourself into a corner. <laughs> you don't want to paint yourself into a corner. And I found that really upsetting, you know. I had to sort of say to him, Dad, I, I just told you I am a lesbian. As if I would fuck up a home improvement project. <laughs> Jesus. It's offensive. <laughs> now, that's obviously a joke. <laughs> um, and the first time I talked about being gay on stage was also a joke about my dad. And it goes, I was so nervous coming out. Um, my dad's a beekeeper, so uh, when I told him, I came out in hives. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. But it went fine. And um, afterwards, an older comic uh, who did a lot of gear about how his wife wouldn't fuck him and <laughs> where's the clitoris? Um, <laughs> two jokes which I think are connected. <laughs> so um, he, uh, he said to me, you should do more of that, that lesbian stuff. That's good stuff. You should use that. And um, as he kind of licked his lips and uh, sort of winked at me, I knew it was less, that's good comedy material, I respect you as a colleague, and more, oh, yeah, lesbians, I love lesbians, I've got some of your videos. <laughs> and as a result, creeped out, and ever the contrarian, <laughs> I did not use that stuff again for years. But I didn't take away nothing from guys like him. <laughs> After years of performing alongside what seemed to me to be the same guy, uh, <laughs> you all look the same to me. Uh, <laughs> no idea. The uh, same guy doing the same act. Um, I started just doing the same thing as them. <laughs> Just performing as a man, uh, in costume, but on the same stages as them. An amalgam of all the worst sexist hack lip-licking stand-up comedians. And that was Dave. And um, you know what? Once I became a man on stage, it did wonders for my career. Uh, people fucking loved it. Well, some people. Now, usually I would do this in the very hostile uh, environments of comedy clubs for Bucks Nights and the like. Uh, but last year I was in London and I was performing, as I sometimes do, in a queer club. And this was part of a drag king night. I was doing a joke uh, bemoaning the major flaw in the female anatomy, i.e. the clitoris, which is impossible to find. <laughs> classic gear and I was just up to the bit about how women are such bitches for being so deceptive with their genitals <laughs> when um, two women started to heckle me yelling there's nothing wrong with women's bodies <laughs> now I'm used to heckling I'm a comedian but this kind of came as a bit of a surprise <laughs> 
um, it was quite special because it's quite hard to find a comeback to a heckle that's essentially an aggressive statement of exactly what your point is. <laughs> so, because obviously not only were we in a queer club in, in a drag king night, but I was also, as I am now, in a woman's body. <laughs> And so I broke character to point this out and uh, explain that what I was saying was not what I meant, but in fact the opposite. <laughs> that this uh, literal explanation of irony, ironic in itself really, <laughs> didn't quite get across. And I was again met with, there's nothing wrong with women's bodies! To which I said, yes there is, they're disgusting! <laughs> Now, obviously, that is a joke, but they did walk out. <laughs> and um, as they were leaving, I yelled, I made this for you! <laughs> now... <laughs> and so the comedian part of me was fine, but the queer woman bit was kind of, you know, upset. I, it felt like I was watching them cut off their own life rafts because... For me, comedy's always been a refuge. and I mean, like, not that my comedy needs to be their refuge. It's clearly not, and that's fine. Uh, but there's an especially pungent irony in a queer female comedian being heckled by queer female audience members for satirising a sexist male comedian in a performance <laughs> space designed to be safe for queer women. <laughs> I mean, don't think about it too much, but... It seems that everyone has an opinion on what you say, what you should say, what you should use, what you shouldn't. And lots of those opinions are valid, but you know what they say about opinions. They're like assholes. You can make a lot of money putting yours on the internet. <laughs> and I'm not quite sure what mine is. Anyway, so I was in the car with Dad over Christmas and uh, he was banging on again about the nativity. He's going, virgin birth, these are open up. Bloody how did that happen, eh? These are just for openers. And Bethlehem, don't get me started with Bethlehem. And he's doing this while sort of doing that dad thing of being intermittently sidetracked by local landmarks and their backstories. <laughs> and going, oh, Bethlehem, don't get me started. He wasn't born in Bethlehem. He's only said to have been born in Bethlehem because that's the city of David. You see? That house, that used to be quite a pretty house. <laughs> but it, it's changed ownership, it's all fucked up now. I think it's heroin, it's become quite a problem in the community. <laughs> but Bethlehem, the city of David, where will we say he was born? Oh, how about Bethlehem? Because the Roman Catholic Church, well, see that hotel, Tropical Towers. <laughs> Now, I knew a bloke, I was working with a bloke, Bill, uh, not the Bill you know, Bill Johnson, and <laughs> Bill, Bill got me to do some work, called me up, Peter, can you do some work for me? I'm a bit, in a bit of a pickle, can't get down, you, can you do it for me in the afternoon? And I was, I said, he, said, said, he said, it's just a minor job, it's just a minor job. I said, it's not a minor, I got down there, it wasn't a minor job, it was a bloody major job. <laughs> Completely fucked me. I found out later the reason he couldn't be there was because he's been bonking some Sheila up in bloody tropical towers. <laughs> I never spoke to him again. He's a bloody grub. What are you writing? 
and I just said, I wrote down Bill, not the Bill you know, Bill Johnson. He said, you can't use his real name. And I really shouldn't. But since when have I listened to anyone else about what I should use? Thanks. Thanks for listening. For tickets and dates, follow Queer Stories on Facebook. And for late night ramblings and pictures of my dog, Frank, follow Maeve Marsden on Twitter. For discount tickets to my shows, as well as other perks, become a supporter of my work on crowdfunding platform Patreon for as little as $4 per month. Check out MaeveMarsden.com for more information. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.